Isn't that nice jam? All right, so I'm back. I saw The Sound of Animals fighting live and had to take like a month off a podcast to process what happened. Just kidding, but it was amazing. It was amazing. It was, I can say that it was the best concert I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's really weird for me because I'm not very good at picking favorites, you know? Like, I don't have a favorite movie or favorite band. And uh, I have ones that I always consider are close, but then I, like, remember another one later. And so I just gave up trying to pick. But, um, anyways, I went and saw The Sound of Animals fighting live by myself. I don't know if I've caught y'all up on this or not, but it was unbelievable. So now that I don't know if I have, let me check. When was the last... I don't think I did. I think the last podcast I did was in February. By the way, if I sound different, it's because I'm freaking getting over a cold. That was part of where I've been. Uh, Man, it just was a rough couple weeks. I got sick. Uh, We had spring break with Haley. And um, so we were trying to get a lot done then. And I was, we both were getting sick over spring break. And so I was just trying to get as much sleep as I could when I could so that I wouldn't get any more sick because I didn't want to get the baby sick. So therefore, I just kind of put doing this aside. There was a couple car drives. I probably could have done it, but I just didn't really want to, you know? So I just want to give you my best. Not really. Um, You know, I do. I'd like to. Anyways, I took that Enneagram test. Well, I didn't take the test. I just read the book. Um, skimmed through the book but I read all of the uh, numbers there's nine numbers in the Enneagram and they all stand for different things and they all represent your personality a certain way or whatever describe who you are it's a whole identity thing and um, they just kept talking about it at church and I got interested finally and uh, the way I put it on the, the Hive podcast the Honey Gold Records Hive podcast was a. Uh, I said something. I I remember laughing about it later, but I was like, originally when it came up, I didn't have the time to go there mentally, and uh, so I said I either did it because I got more interested in it, or because the time came. I don't know. I'm sorry I made you listen to that. I stopped listening to myself. <laughs> Sorry, I have the uh, baby on the monitor. My son, he's not really a baby anymore. He's one now as of recently, but I won't tell you when. I don't know. That stuff just freaks me out, man. It does. It does. I thought of the most amazing idea for a music video for uh, the Trees album by the band Words. And uh, it involved using footage of my son. And I was like... I. I don't know. I may or may not do it. I, I, It's inevitable, right? I don't know. It just feels weird. I just... Without his permission. <laughs> it's just strange that there's a whole bunch of kids who, when they grow up, everything will be documented. All of it. Because they're going to grow into it. They're just going to keep doing it. Did you ever see that movie Final Cut with um, Robin Williams? That movie was awesome. Anyways, that movie has to do with, like, everyone has a chip in their 
brain or in the back of their neck or something that's attached to their eyes. And so everything they see their whole life is recorded. And at the end of their life, their family members can have a cutter put together a highlight reel. And so they can send, they send the cutter who's like the, the Adobe guy. And, um, they send them all the highlights. Like we want to see this person's 10th birthday, all these different things they knew would be special for him. And then at the funeral, they would watch it. And the only people, uh, by the way, all of these songs sounded exactly the same when I saw them live. The vocals weren't, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, they weren't a hundred percent perfect, but who cares? They were way closer to perfect than just about any band from the scene I grew grew up watching has ever been. And it's just because it's a super band, you know? You've got a, a bunch of the best guys from a bunch of awesome bands all being in one band at the same time. It's like watching an all-star game. It was awesome. I was blown away. I literally... I literally started... Oh, yeah, I did explain. So when I got sick, I got, like, like sores on my tongue or something. I don't know. I can't really see them, but it just feels swollen back there. It's way in the back, so it's messing me up with some words. But yeah, at one point in the show, I was like almost questioning reality because it was so good. But it wasn't questioning reality. It was more so like this. I feel like I've said all this before. I think I maybe just said it on the podcast with The Hive. But uh, I saw the March 1st. And I haven't put up a podcast since like February 27th. I was kind of going over all this earlier when I was paying more attention to the camera. So yeah, Haley's seeing Pink in Dallas tonight. And I am for the first time ever watching my kid all night. And uh, he went to bed a little bit ago. And I worked on some things. And now I'm going to record this guy. But I've got his little monitor on him, and I've got it zoomed up so I can watch his breathing. And, yeah, this should be an adventure. It should be okay. I mean, he does the same thing most nights, and if anything, I know what to do if things go. I feel like because of the scary things that have happened, I'm not as scared because I kind of know what to do now. Plus, he doesn't have a freaking alien coming out of his crotch anymore. Goodness, his hernia has finally been taken care of. Yeah, February 27th, so I haven't talked to you guys. So I said all, a lot of this on the Hive podcast, but... I want to tell you one-on-one, but I just was watching them perform, and the mix was incredible. I'd never been to the Bomb Factory before. Beautiful venue. It's huge, and it's just, it was clean, and it was, it was just really cool. I was, I went all by myself, and I, I drove to Guitar Center in Plano, and then I Ubered to the Bomb Factory, because I didn't want to deal with figuring out how to drive around there. I just wanted to go and have a blast. I went by myself. I invited people. No one was available to come. And so I just went by myself. And Haley was like, you got to go. You got to go. It was actually the day after his surgery, too. And, but he was doing really good. And she just was like, you got to see it. And I was like, yeah, I think I got to see it. And dude, I've never been the same since. <laughs> since March 1st, the night of March 1st. It was so good, though, that when the show was over... I didn't listen to any music until the next day around like two, uh, probably like noon, not two. Um, and pitched it. Dude, listen to how sick this part is. Dude, I love that guitar tone right there. That overdrive sound right there. 
Dude, and all this reverb and effects, all of it was there live. Listen to Anthony Green right here. Dude, I was standing there. I had a great spot. I was standing there, freaking almost 30-year-old man, thinning hair, with the biggest stupid smile on my face with my hands in my pockets because I would gotten a water that I thought I would finish before they started and I hadn't and I didn't want to put it on the ground so I was just having to like hold it with my hand in my pocket but I was just like grinning and just like swinging my body back and forth and man, I had a freaking blast. By the way, if any of you guys, oh shoot, dang it, I feel so bad. I forget the name of their band. But I saw my buddy Ross, him and his friend Kevin were in a band that uh, least of these used to play with in Austin. We stayed at their house. But Ross drove up from Austin to go to the show. We didn't see each other until it was over. And uh, I was walking out and we, we ran into to each other. And then uh, we caught up for like 20 minutes. It was really cool. It was awesome. We were both laughing about how unbelievable it was and how we were just like sitting there just trying to rationalize what was happening. The reason why I felt like it wasn't real was because I was standing there looking at it in this really sweet, awesome spot, beautiful venue, an amazing sound system, and seeing something that when I was in high school was supposed to have only happened the two times. But like everybody else, they're seeing money in it and they're going out. But I think they should. Actually, when this was over, I thought it's so important that they keep doing this. I think everyone needs to experience it. It's just, it was unreal. That band is so freaking solid, guys. You don't understand. It's just unreal. And then the vocalists all have the charisma of demigods because they're thinking, what's the freaking sound of it? They're just as excited as you are that it's happening. And they look like, they just, they know it. They know that it's awesome. And God dang it, it, it was just a blast. There was this... Uh, Dude, I swear to God, I've said all this before, but I think it's just because I told Haley all this, and then I told it on the Hive. But anyways, there's this dude who uh, was talking to a lot of people around my area, and I was really upset with that because I wanted him to stop so we could watch. But it was loud enough that I could, couldn't hear him, but I just knew this is the guy who's going to keep this up the whole show. So I made a decision in that moment that I am not going to let anything he does affect me. And uh, I just decided I'm, I'm going to ignore him no matter what happens. So, of course, like 15 minutes later, he starts trying to talk to me. And I didn't look at him. And uh, I just did the whole, you know, uh, the dude from Meet the Parents. I, I, did, I pointed the two fingers at my eyes and then I pointed it at the stage. <laughs> And then he kind of looked at the stage like I was trying to point, point something out over there. And then he looked back at me and tried to talk to me some more. And I just pointed my fingers at my eyes. And then I pointed my fingers at the stage. I was like, dude, I we're here together, but we're not here together. Like, only because we have to be right here next to each other is why we're right here next to each other. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. You're doing your thing. Turns out later, uh, he was trying to get someone to help him find his phone. He had dropped it. But hey... I wasn't that guy, not that night. I was, I realized that because a little bit later he found someone to shine a flashlight on the ground and he found his phone. But I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I wasn't going to miss a lick. I only took like maybe two minutes total of footage. I just told myself I was just going to just be there and be in it. And again, to finally wrap this up, 
I imagined that in the future, if you could like virtual reality create what an amazing night at an amazing venue seeing the sound of animals fighting would be like, it would be like what I experienced. And so I was just like, this, <laughs> this is what the whole simulation theory thing started. The Matrix, all that. Oh man, this part was so dope too. Listen. Yeah, the one weird thing about this album is uh, the vocals, all the screams were mixed super low. And, and it seems intentional, and I'm not sure why, because if you go through the lyrics on this album, they're really, really profound. They're, they're out there trying to be a little bit philosophical. Some of it's weird, some of it's awesome, some of it's pretty, you know. Dude, I can't stress how much this band sounded exactly like this. And for you drummers out there, the drummer just had his kick drum mic'd with a Beta 52 on the outside of the drum head, even though it had the little hole for it. They had it mic'd right in the center. I couldn't tell if they had a mic inside it, but it just had that, his kit has that ability to have, it just sounds like it's in a room and you can hear all the different pieces really clear, but nothing crazy's going on. And it makes for his style to just, it sounded like this. I just couldn't believe it, guys. So I'm going to move on. But just know, it was so awesome. I, uh, I'm still finding some of this cold stuff, so I'm going to have to put the, ugh, the mic away sometimes so I can clear my throat. So what else happened? The Enneagram thing. Final cut. Let me tell you about that movie. So what's cool about that movie is, so Robin Williams' character is one of the cutters. He cuts together the films of the people who's eyeballs have been recording their whole lives and the reason why is because the only people who are allowed to be cutters are people who've never got the chip put into them because i think if i remember correctly it has something to do with like higher class people got it or something at one time and then it became more than norm over time so i'm assuming the cutters are all a little bit older people uh i've only seen this once and i rented it from blockbuster so that's how long i'm trying to that's how long ago this memory is from so anyways some uh, politician or political guy or some high up there guy died and some people were trying to get a hold of the footage that he had in his brain because they knew he had been up to no good and they wanted to expose some of the shit he'd done. So anyways, long story short, it's an awesome movie. It goes from there. And uh, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's not a good movie. I'm not a good judge of this like, because... I haven't seen as many as most people, apparently. I don't know. This freaking Hive podcast has me thinking that I just view mo movies wrong. At least for people who people who love movies, like movie buffs, we don't, we see them, it's different. But we can see each other's point of view. I'm not saying, like, we can't coexist. I saw a, <laughs> I saw a bumper sticker car in Sherman the other day it had like 17 bumper stickers and I was slowly reading from like left to right top to bottom kind of and it was just putting out all the usual um well not I guess usual for Sherman but just kind of like a car from Austin that kind of vibe and uh sorry I'm getting soft because I'm noticing my baby's moving a little bit oh he's just getting comfy anyways where am I hmm 
Uh, the bumper sticker car. Yeah, who cares? It just was stupid, and I was reading them all out loud. But um, um, I always tell myself I'm going to work on those, and then I always forget. <sighs> so, yeah, the that's Final Cut. Just check it out. You might like it. Sound of Animals Fighting was amazing. I didn't write any notes down over the past three weeks, but I've thought of like a thousand things that I should have wrote down. Uh, let's see. The Enneagram stuff. So I'm a, uh, so I'm reading through them, right? On the book, I'm going, I'm reading through one, two, three, four, five, six. And, uh, it has this like, uh, list of things that are common to those people. And you, if you relate to it at some point, you go, oh, that's the one I am. So the people who follow this stuff, they, they, there's just like rules to it. You're not supposed to ever tell anyone else what they are. You find out for yourself. And there's a whole like, people teach classes on this. So it's that. Anyways. <laughs> um, sorry for coughing like directly in the mic. So yeah, I'm reading one, two, three, four. I'm going through. Uh, I get to four and I was like, Maybe, but not. But there were some things a little bit relatable in four. Get to five, and I was like, I like this one, or I just would like to be this one. And then I got to six, and I was like, oh, I definitely see some of me in there, but I don't know. I don't think I want to be that one. And then somewhere around seven or eight, I stopped reading. And then that weekend at church, it was Saturday night, I was telling everyone, exactly that hopefully faster and uh somebody was like you're probably a nine which they broke the rule when they said that but who cares um and i said why why do you say that and they're like Cause if you don't know by by then you're probably a nine and once you know you know or something like that so i went home interested in reading what it was and dad gummit if it wasn't the one that added up the most I was reading it out loud to Haley, and she was laughing at me while I was reading it. It didn't read well, um, so I wasn't, like, pumped about it. Definitely <laughs> it wouldn't have been my favorite one. I think number five is my favorite, mainly because it's it, in the book that had all the different names. They called it The Observer, number five. And I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast lately or not, but for the past several months, I've had this thought of The Observer somewhere about a year ago. It doesn't matter. So I've been thinking about that, The Observer, and why that... Somewhere in writing trees and where my head's been at the past couple... Since before the baby. Or, or during the baby. Man, if you want to... if you wanna, I'm, I'm really glad I documented. That if there's anything important about what I'm doing here, it's for myself to be able to go back and document different points in my life. Because if you go through season one... Season one, I think, is episodes one through ten... That's all when Haley was pregnant, and I think the last episode is, uh, no. No, yeah, the last episode is literally, like, me signing off saying the next episode I'll be a dad. Boy, was I at a different headspace. And that's so interesting to, to see. I, I've, I feel like I've said before that back then I seemed more hopeful. And maybe because I just didn't expect how hard it was going to be and it wasn't that I knew it was going to be hard it's just one of those things until you can ex your brain can't process it until it's experienced it or something like that you know what I'm saying anyways 
So the number nine is called the Peacemaker. I was calling it the weak beta male or lazy asshole because it reads as either. And uh, yeah, anyways, it, it goes on and it's like <laughs> when gets stressed out, starts thinking of something else. And I was like, uh, yeah. Um, and then what else did it say? Uh, we'll wait till the last possible second to bring up uh, something about a schedule conflict with their spouse to avoid conflict. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I avoid confrontation apparently if you go by this, but I don't, I didn't agree with everything that it said about me, but I definitely do avoid confrontation. I'm not saying that one, but there are some other things. I can't remember. I gave the lady her book back because I've been hearing over the past year for some reason. Isn't it weird how you hear a phrase and then all of a sudden you start hearing it a lot? What is that called? Synchronicity? Anyways. Um, I've been hearing over the past like year or so people saying, don't ever let someone borrow a book or you'll never get it back. Or you'll hear people say, if you want to get rid of a book, let someone borrow it. So this lady let me borrow the Enneagram book and I was like, I will give this back to her next week. F that saying, man. I'm not going to be that guy. And so I got it back to her. And by the way, with a dog, a cat, and a baby, making sure that book didn't get messed up before I got it back to her was a challenge. And it never had any close calls. I just felt like I was constantly, where is it? Okay, nothing near it. No, no one messed with it. And this is the song they opened with. And I'll tell you exactly when. So, okay. So get this, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. So they open with this song and the light show's got a green look to it and it's going off and everyone's just killing it. I'm freaking already losing my mind, right? And at a certain point in this song, I was so overwhelmed, I said to myself, this is already the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life. I already knew. And it was at exactly like, well, not exactly, but it was like a minute and 50 seconds into it. I remember that because... I remember where it was in the song, and then later, the next day, I went and looked up where it was. So it's coming up right here. Well, here, I'll just let you listen. Again, it sounded just like this. So it was right after this part. So... They had uh, Keith Goodwin, I believe is his last name, and Rich Balling in the back doing um, the, background, the, the background singing voices right there. Then Anthony Green's leading. And it was so cool how they had it. They had Everyone was laid out like uh, actual old school background singers. And so it was just nuts to see like famous guy in the front and then you see famous guy, famous guy, famous guy in the back all doing like the old, just everyone's just... Everyone was just down to be on stage killing it. No one needed to be the front man. And so it let whoever was supposed to be leading be the front man in that moment. But it was there was just something really special about looking in the back and seeing the guys just doing the ah, ah, ah. I'm sure that sounds terrible. But uh, I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, this is so unbelievable. It was so funny. Um, but yeah, basically I didn't listen to any music or a podcast or anything. I listened to zero sounds from Dallas all the way back to Sherman and then the next morning around noon. But then I've been listening to this album nonstop since. I've also really been telling myself to not try to write this. I was like, <laughs> like right after the show, I was like, 
on the drive home when it was just silent. I was thinking to myself, and I was like, Johnny, do not try to recreate what you just saw. Just learn from it, <laughs> grow from it, because there's no there's it, it's there. There's no need to make this. This already exists, and it's awesome. So I'll just keep playing and having fun with whatever thoughts I have, and hopefully I get better. But next time they go on tour, because they have to do it again, just do yourself a favor. Go. The Sound of Animals Fighting. Oh, and this album specifically is called uh, The Ocean and the Sun, I believe. My iTunes will scroll over in a second. Yeah, The Ocean and the S-U-N Sun. <sighs> Did I tell you guys about that crazy space video I watched? I might have. Messed me up for like a week. Learning about space makes you feel freaking weird, dude. But it's awesome. I see why people get so caught up into it. And I also see why Neil deGrasse Tyson is acting like... It's basically because he can't believe what he knows constantly. So that's why he's always like, And the stars and everything up there. And listen, do you understand? Like the way he tells stories is like, And the galaxies and the stars. I love that dude, man. He looks like someone who's got good news and he wants to tell you all the time. He's just like, I'm so excited. If you've ever seen Trainwreck, there's that scene with that little kid. So funny. I'll show you that. I'll show you that sometime. I don't want to interrupt the freaking song. Although I did have a couple of, we're gonna learn somethings to get to eventually. I probably won't tonight because I can't remember them. Uh, but this past couple weeks, I had a lot of like, man, I need to Google that. How far am I into this album? I'll end with this. This will be cool. Ending with the song they open with. That'll be so awesome, you know? Because they open with it and I'm ending with it. So that gives me 40 seconds. Uh, April 14th, The Agony Scene, Oh Sleeper, Earth Groans, and Words, man. Ask me for a ticket because I got to sell them and I need to. And you can help me and watch some good jams from back in the day. Still be alive. So, love you. Um, my Instagram number is nine. I'm not happy about it, but who cares? Dude, it sounded just like this. All right, love you, bye.